Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. I hope you're having a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to today's segment. This segment is part of the series, The Acts of the Holy Ghost, based in the book of Acts. It is a series that we are going through at Victory Baptist Church. I hope you enjoy. Let's pray together real quick. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us today. I pray, Lord, that you would use this uh, segment here, this message here, Lord, to touch those around us, touch those in need, and help us spiritually to grow and to live for you and to be good examples and good followers of Christ that we should be. In Jesus' name, amen. Glad you could make it to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Glad I was able to make it. I'm kind of tired there this afternoon. <laughs> Didn't feel like getting off the couch. Yeah. Felt like I was being held back or something. But I got off the couch. That's good. Thank you. I'm glad y'all got off the couch too. That was. <laughs> it's tempting to stay there in the couch, isn't it? So we started this morning a. Uh, mini-series, I believe, Lord willing, we'll go through here these, these next uh, few weeks uh, in Acts and look at the, the works of the Holy Spirit. And we ended this morning with Peter's sermon. I want to pick up right there and finish looking at Peter's sermon, if we will. So Acts chapter 2, and we'll pick up Verse 21 is where we left off, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he picks up verse 21. He says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. 
Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for the day. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for everyone here. I thank you for everyone that was able to make it here to the house of the Lord. Pray that you would be with the, uh, the ones who are sick and the ones who are, weren't able to make it today. Pray that you would touch them and bless them, Lord. And pray that we would be a, a, a set a good example for you, for those around us that we know that are lost and don't know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that through this studying your word, Lord, we would be able to better equip to witness for you and show others Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you've done. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go back to uh, we see Peter's. The Holy Spirit came and at Pentecost and began overwhelmed everyone there at Pentecost. All the apostles there. So the Holy Spirit through them spoke to I know of is there is recorded 15 different nations are recorded having heard the gospel in their language and Peter was the one that spoke there was others Peter and the other apostles that were with him spoke and it had mentioned that it said these being Galileans they speak and we hear them in our own tongue the Holy Spirit translated what they were saying from the Galilean uh, dialect to the other the 15 nations that were there and so the Holy Spirit kind of kind of like I say catapulted the the gospel here so Peter starts with the sermon here and we see verse 13 or verse 12 it says they were all amazed they were in doubt saying one to another what mean what does this mean and they were kind of confounded as to how in this world were they speaking, yet we all heard them. What, what, is, what does this all mean? What is going on here? Others began to mock them and said, these men are full of new wine. So they began accusing them that they were, being, they were drunkards. And that the only reason this happened was because they were, they were full of alcohol, and that's what it was. So Paul addressed that. In verse 15, it says, For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing as it but the third hour of the day. They hadn't even had started drinking like drinking their the wine. There was it wasn't possible anyway. They had uh it wasn't time for it yet. There was a time for drinking the drinking the wine. There was a time set. It says, But this day is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and we looked at it earlier today. So he reads back the Old Testament, back to Joel, a prophecy that Joel had of the second coming of Christ, and he read that, <coughs> mentioning, keying in on the fact that they, the Holy Spirit would bring signs and wonders. So go back to 21, verse 21. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's what we hope to get. The Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming to those that believed in Christ was to them to motivate them to lead others to Christ. That they get to the point that they call on the name of the Lord as their Lord and Savior. That was the point. So verse 22 here we see that Peter addresses 
uh, Israel. And you'll see in verse 22, he says, Ye men of Israel. So it calls them to attention. So if we'll go back, it calls them to attention here, and it says, Hear these words. Israel, we remember, the Jews are the ones that took Jesus. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the uh, priests, they took Jesus. They are the ones that crucified Jesus on the cross. They were the ones that said, let Barabbas loose away with Jesus. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saw nothing wrong in Jesus, no sins, nothing to, to put him to death for. And he was going to let, let Jesus go and then put Barabbas, who was a murderer, who was a, a thief, put him on the cross. But the Jews said, no, let Barabbas go, because that was their custom. And he said, let's put, crucify Jesus, put him away. So he got their attention here. You men of Israel, hear these words. <coughs> Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So he points out here, Jesus of Nazareth, they know exactly who he was speaking about because this had just happened. It wasn't long after the, the crucifixion of Jesus. He said he was a man approved of God among you. And there was a couple of things that verified this, that he was approved by God. The fact that Jesus had miracles and he had wonders and he had signs. Jesus performed all these things in his three and a half year ministry. And that was Besides him saying, I am the Son of God, he proved it by working through God, through the working through his power. He was using the power of God. Jesus called on God, his Father, for the works that he did. It says that he was, which God by him in the midst of you, whoops, go up, a man approved of God among you. He was a man, God was 100% man, and he was 100% God. And this man, Jesus, called on God and did, through God's power, miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him, we see God is in it, did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. If they had looked... They had believed they didn't. They didn't understand. They didn't want to understand. They said, this is not the Messiah we're looking for. This Jesus is not the Son of God. He's lying. He's blaspheming. This is not the person we're going to give uh, obeisance to. This is not him. This can't be him. And they just threw that out of their minds. They put him on the cross. Verse 23. But he said that you know. Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now there was a purpose for this, we know. Remember when the first, uh, this first sin on earth by human, the first sin was committed, there was a price that had to be paid. There was blood that had to be shed because of that disobedience. Now, the Lord tells us that, that a price had to be paid. 
Adam and Eve had sinned and disobeyed God and ran and hid themselves, Jesus, in the cool of the evening, came to fellowship with them as he always did. And he looked for him. He said, Adam, where are you? And Adam was hiding. Eve was hiding. And they had turned from the presence of the Lord because they were, they were ashamed in, in the guilt and pain of, of what they had done. And they had tried to take care of this on their own and covered themselves with fig leaves because they found out that they were naked. They could see that because their eyes were open and they tried to hide. So God asked them a, couple, a few questions. He knew, but he wanted Adam to admit it, what had happened. But from then on, and God, to make that point clear, God had taken a lamb and slain it, a perfect lamb, and slain it and made them clothes, made Adam and Eve clothes out of the skin. He shed blood for them to cover them. And this was the, the sign to Adam and Eve that there had to be blood shed to cover their sins, that there would be one to come to take the sins of the world and redeem them from what their disobedience. So verse 24, I mean 23 says, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. God knew what had to happen and what had to take place. It says, But ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. God in His plan, Jesus gave His life, His perfect life, sinless life, for us and God's perfect plan and it was according to his plan yet these people were unbelieving to it as Jesus being the son of God and they fell into wickedness and to sin they didn't believe on him as their Lord and Savior so by this wickedness they crucified and slain him and Peter says men of Israel listen this is what you did to Jesus of Nazareth So we see what they did in their wickedness, and they had slain, they had crucified and slain the Son of God. Verse 24, it says, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible, possible that he should be holden of it. There was no way that Christ could be held to death. Death could not, didn't have the victory. It was not for death to take hold of Jesus and keep him in the grave. That was not the rest that was not the plan either. It says God had raised him up and loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he could be held by it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou, hast, thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. So we see Peter, this is the second time in his sermon here that he goes back to the Old Testament and recites uh, an, a 
section, a scripture out of the Old Testament. First was Joel, Joel chapter 2. This time he recites in verse 25, For David speaketh concerning him. This is Psalms chapter 16. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 8 is where he starts. He says, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad my, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh and shall also rest in hope for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And Peter recites that to them. And he's, so he's bringing to them these, the men of Israel here to, to reflect on what has happened. The, a grievous thing as part of God's plan, but they fell to the wickedness of it. But that through, even in spite of their disobedience, God is bringing this to their good, to their salvation, if they would believe. David, again, trusted in this man, Jesus, the Son of God. And he will explain a little more here. Verse, uh, verse 29. He says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. He just quoted David from the Psalms. He says that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So he's mentioning someone that everybody in that, that, con that group of people knew. Everybody knew him. Knew who David is. King David. He was king of Israel. Therefore, David, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up Christ raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. So Peter here just explains Psalms chapter 16, verses 8 through 12. David trusted that this man coming after, he was, he was told by God that Christ was come. This Christ would be of his seed. This, and his uh, the generations to come would be a savior. Would be through his seed. God told him this. He knew this. In verse 31. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see corruption. He was a he trusted in the word of God and the man, son of God, that God said he would sin. Before he was actually come, he had the faith. Remember Hebrews 11? He had faith in God's word that what God said would happen, would happen. Amen. He trusted in Christ as his Lord and Savior before Christ came because he is the son of God. He was, he always is, and always will be. But we see that Peter's bringing this out, that David trusted, he believed God's word. And this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is the man that David, your king, your father, is the one that he trusted in him. This is the man. 
he could see, he believed, he understood this is the person God was speaking of. Back to verse 31. He seeing this, is saying David saw this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. He knew that through Jesus Christ, he would not die and go to hell because of his sins. He was redeemed because of Christ, his Lord and Savior, his trust and faith in the Lord Jesus. He would not be kept in hell, and his flesh would, would neither his flesh would see corruption. Verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. If we go back, remember this is... Jesus was resurrected on the third day after his crucifixion. He was on earth 40 days after the resurrection. He was seen by over 500 different people. He had over 500 witnesses that saw him alive after his death. It wasn't that he, he was dead in three days and then he rose up, went to heaven and was gone, left for speculation as to where he was. He came back after his uh, he came to life. He came back to them and showed them. We go back in... Uh, I forgot the reference. We go back to doubting Thomas and see what did Jesus do? Thomas told the other disciples, I don't believe it unless I see the, the scars in his hands, the nails in his feet, the, the spear in his side, spear wound in his side, I'm not going to believe. So Jesus appeared to him said, here I am, touch me, touch my hands, touch the spirit, the wound in my side. But Thomas didn't do that. He, <laughs> he knew it was him. He didn't have to. The Lord said, blessed are the ones that believe in me and haven't seen me, haven't seen the wounds, haven't seen this, the wound in my side. Peter's trying to get them to, to understand this is, this is that Jesus. David knew it. He wrote about it. We read, and Peter brought up this, and Psalm 16 is one of the references. That's what, he, what Peter used here. Verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. This Jesus, he wanted to get their mindset right. This Jesus, this Jesus David said was his Savior. This Jesus that they crucified is this Jesus that just... If we go back to chapter 1, he said that the Holy Ghost will come. And he told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. He said that the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. These men of Israel are seeing in evidence the Holy Spirit at work. He is moving. He is making this bold effort to spread the gospel. How could these men of Galilee, and they, the men in uh, this area of Galileans, they thought very little. The Galileans were just... I, I could, I, when I think it's like kind of me, I'm a poor country boy. 
and just out in the woods and working on the farm. And that's kind of, they thought they weren't educated, they didn't go to college, they didn't have, this is what, that's how they, they look down upon is what I'm trying to say, that they, well, they don't know much, they're just from where, they're from Galilee, they don't know much. So they're just, and they've said they're just fishermen. At one point, I'm a fisherman, I took offense to that, but they knew God. They know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit overwhelmed them with his presence. And Peter's trying to get it to them to see this is Jesus whom you crucified. This is his work. This is the Holy Ghost. Jesus promised the Holy Ghost would come after I left and went back to heaven. This Holy Spirit has come. Here he is. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. He says, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Now, verse 34, for David is not ascended into the heavens. At the, when he wrote this, he was not. He says, but he saith himself, the Lord saith unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. And here he refers to Psalms 110. So it's the third reference to the Old Testament in Peter's sermon. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith unto him. So he mean in here that David wasn't at the place that God and Jesus were to see it firsthand, but he was told by God. He knew it by the Holy Spirit, by the, or by the inspiration of God. He was it was revealed to him. But he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Let's read that again, verse 36. It says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. If we could get, <coughs> if we could get those around us to see that, to be convinced of that, that's our goal, right? We hope that we as Christians could purvey to the lost world that Jesus is the Christ. He is both Lord and Christ. He is our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's our Lord. He is the propitiation for our sins. We are, re are saved from sin. We're saved as our actions. We've sinned. A sin's a disobedience to God's word. What he has told us to do, we disobey. That's a sin. No matter what it is, if it's against God, that's a sin. So by that sin, we are condemned to hell for eternity. Unless... We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we repent of our sins. That's a 180 degree turn. We turn away from our sins and we turn to Christ and trust Him as our Lord and Savior. And Peter was, was trying to get these the men of Israel here to understand this. And you, were, you crucified the man that is the Savior of the world. Yet it was part of God's plan so that he could redeem you and save you from your own sins. So they hear this, hear what uh, Peter had to say. Verse 37. 
Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is where we want every person to get to, to be pricked in their heart, the conviction of the Holy Spirit on them so heavy that they quit what they're doing. They, they, all the distractions are gone. They quit worrying about eating. They quit worrying about going to the races. They forget about going to work, whatever it is. That's nothing. Let me get my heart right with the Lord first. I wish we could get everyone into that point. They say, what shall we do? We want to, to be prepared to answer that question. What shall we do? The Holy Spirit is working and moving. God using Peter and his boldness to stand. And we see, what did Peter use to get someone to this point? He used the gospel. He used the word of God. He went back to the Bible and he showed them, this is Jesus. This is who I'm talking about. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He gave them the truth. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He gave them the scriptures. And then they were pricked in their heart. You know, the Lord, we don't, we give them, we give them the word. The Holy Spirit does the rest. We can't, we can't save anyone. The Lord is the one that does that. But we present them the gospel. The word of God in truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. And we let the, the Holy Spirit work on them. So they were pricked in their heart. And they spoke up. They were, they, they were, it seems like it worked to this point. They said, they said men and brethren, what shall we do? So we see Peter's reply to them in verse 38. And it's the same. I don't think it's changed. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions, remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They saw the work. We see first they, were, they saw the work of the Holy Ghost and they were confused. And they actually falsely accused the apostles. We see Peter addressed it, and we see he, he gave them the word of God and presented it to them and explained it to them so that they could understand what this was about. What's the Holy Ghost about? What is Jesus of Nazareth about? And he explained it to them. And then he gave them opportunity to ask, what shall we do? How can, what do we need to do with this? Now that we have this knowledge... What shall we do? And this is the same for every person. It hasn't changed. Repent. Be baptized for every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord that He carried it out. That this didn't stop here. Where at Pentecost it kept going. Yeah. I thank the Lord for that. Verse 39, he says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
And this is interesting because he has called everyone. He's called everyone to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's called everyone. This promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we, it's evident by the Holy Ghost that we're going to see more of how the Holy Ghost is working through these apostles. His will is plain that everyone should come to repentance and the knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So verse 40. He says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. That just means crooked. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Step out of it. Trust the Lord. Verse uh, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That's an amazing experience there, isn't it? Amen. We, uh, I'm sure you've had a... You maybe have been to, a, say, a, a revival that's been like this, where you saw it. The Holy Spirit was in control. He was in charge. The Holy Spirit took over. And he convicted all the souls that were there. And then you see them getting up out of their pews because they weren't afraid of their of peer pressure. They weren't afraid of uh, self-conscious or anything like anything. They threw everything out, but the conviction of the Holy Ghost stepped forward, gave their heart and life to the Lord. And it was huge movement. This was 3,000 people. 3,000 people gave their heart and life to the Lord through this. And we praise the Lord for that. And I'm reminded of uh, a time that we had taken the our youth, I think, well, it was teens and youth, teens and preteens, I believe. We'd taken them to a, a summer camp called the Oaks in uh, Greenville, Tennessee. And... Preacher, what? What's his name? Can't remember his name. Yep. Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Aaron Cosby. Yeah. Aaron Cosby. That <laughs> name left me. Sorry. Oh. Uh, he was going to be the speaker for the week. And one night, I'm trying to remember what the night it was, but we had they had a group of of teens leading the music. They would play the, the music, the uh, welcoming songs, would play the uh, congregationals, they would play the invitation, and they started doing, you'll start doing that as people come in about 30 minutes early. They would start playing and singing and would continue that through. So we got to the point of the service starting, we'd have a service every night for summer camp, uh, chapel. Music was playing. Uh, it started getting filled up. There's probably, I don't want to say, there's 250 people or more there. And 
you start feeling the Holy Ghost moving and working. And the preacher hasn't even gotten up to, to, for the, the message yet. The Holy Spirit steps in and starts leading, which is the way we want it, right? We want the Holy Spirit to lead. So through the music was, was honoring and pleasing to the Lord, and he accepted that, that it was a, a sweet-smelling savor to him. And we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we'd have one go up to the altar before the, ser- the service started. or the, It was a service. The, uh, mu- uh, it was a worship service already, I'm trying to say. But the music was playing. We'd have another one come up. Then another couple come up. And then we had... That same night, it was over 20, 20 of the kids gave their heart to the Lord that one night, if I'm not mistaken. And they just kept coming and coming and coming and the Lord moving. And it was awesome to see how the Lord worked and moves. And you trust Him. And, and, and this is what we did. We took the kids to, and we gave them to the Lord so the Lord would teach them and show them. Amen. And the Lord took over. And he did that. He convicted their hearts and pricked their hearts. They knew what to do. They were, we called, they called, were called to the altar. They gave their heart unto the Lord. They made decisions, rededications for the Lord. There was 31 total that week, I believe it was, that had given their heart to the Lord through the, the, the whole week. But it was amazing in how the, how the Lord will work. He still works in that way. And if we... We can see that. We can see it more often than we do if we would, we would, we would submit ourselves as we see Peter. He gave the gospel and, and shared the gospel with those there. He didn't back down. He was bold in the faith. And if we'll see, we'll carry on that same, follow his example, his leading. The same is true for us as well. Any comments? Let's all stand. As always, the invitation is open. The altar is open. The Lord's working with you. He's speaking to you. I never want to finish a service without having the, the altar open, giving an invitation to the altar. It's very important. I praise the Lord for what He's done. I thank the Lord for what He's done in my life. My family. Thank the Lord that He's carried us through the. No matter what we face, He's always there. He's promised never to leave us or forsake us. The Holy Spirit's guiding is uh, real, is prevalent. I pray we we'll, would we'll trust Him and follow Him in every situation. All right, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for us and what you've given us. I thank you again for everyone here, every person that was able to come to your house today. I thank you, Lord, that you you took uh, charge of this service. And you, and like, as your promise, you said, where two or three are gathered together in, mine, in your name, there you will be in the midst. And we thank you that we can trust you, trust your word. 
a hundred percent of the time we can rely on you even if we're we may not understand the circumstances we understand we, we that you take care of us no matter what we thank you lord for the holy ghost for the holy spirit his moving and his presence and his uh his guidance pray that we continue to learn to to, to follow be obedient we give you the glory and the praise lord in jesus name Amen. Amen.